1: your perfect home, sweet home.
2: He was a shy little boy from an unhappy home. But Reggie Dwight grew up to be one of the most prolific, most flamboyant, and most successful rock stars in history. For three decades, Elton's life and career have played out on the front page, though not all the headlines were good news. He was the hottest hit maker in music, but fame and fortune didn't make Elton a happy man. Elton John brought himself from the brink of personal and professional oblivion back to the top. Now, Elton and his closest friends tell of life on the emotional roller coaster that was and still is Elton John behind the music.
3: This is a story of uh, innocence from abroad. On this here stage behind me, on the evening of August the 25th, 1970, a young guy from England by the name of Elton John made his first appearance in the United States. They say that that night has written itself into rock and roll folklore.
2: It was the center of the LA rock scene, a stage graced by the likes of Joni Mitchell and Jim Morrison. And on that summer night, the stage at Doug Weston's Troubadour belonged to an unknown British piano man named Elton John.
3: I don't really think that either of us knew the volume of POW that
2: was in the room that night. A who's who of the LA music industry came to see the new English import, including record executive Russ Regan.
4: A magical night. A lot of distinguished celebrities were there. Neil Diamond introduced Elton John.
5: I mean, Neil Diamond actually introduced me the first night. I
2: mean, what an incredible thing for someone to do. Then we just laid into them. I mean, we were just, we rocked. His self-titled second album had just hit the L.A. record stores, but for the in-crowd at the Troubadour, Elton live in concert was a revelation.
4: About halfway through the set, I said, wow, this is going all the way, going all the way.
3: The next day when Robert Hilburn wrote this glowing report in the Los Angeles Times saying something to the like hailed rock and roll as a new saviour or something we went wow
5: i got telegrams from george harrison you know, i couldn't believe my album was number 18 on the charts or whatever it was above deja vu by crosby stills
6: and i was like this isn't happening it can't be and there's no question that that week at the troubadour was what made him a star
3: i think it was the catalyst but i don't think he became a star overnight simply from that because you know we'd been slaving away since 1967
2: 1967 the year bernie Toppin and the future elton john formed a partnership that would make music history but the elton john story actually began 20 years earlier when on march 25 1947 reginald kenneth dwight was born in this small house in the london suburb of pinner baby reggie was the only son of stanley and sheila dwight I think there was already tension in the marriage when I was born, so I mean, you know, if
5: you come into the world in a situation like that, it's always going to be very difficult. Nelton was an only child,
0: um, and he had a father who had a strict military background.
5: And I was just very intimidated by him, always seeking his approval, and from an early age, music
2: really filled my life. It was all I ever wanted to be involved in. The family piano became one of Reggie's favorite playthings. I started
5: playing at a very early age, and I used to be able to pick out melodies very quickly, by ear. Hymns,
2: you know, pop songs of the day. Seven-year-old Reggie started taking piano lessons, thinking he might become a classical musician. But all that changed in 1957, when his mother brought home records by Bill Haley and Elvis Presley. When rock and roll came in, it changed my life. I mean, yeah, Little Richard Jerry and Lewis Fats Domino. Yes! Reggie started wearing thick black glasses just like one of his rock and roll heroes.
5: I thought it was groovy to wear glasses like Buddy Holly, and for
2: someone who didn't think they looked that great, I thought it was cool. The glasses were the only cool thing about Reggie's appearance. His father insisted his son dressed conservatively. Reggie wouldn't dare cross his dad.
5: I was very frightened of my father, and it made me very insecure, and it made me very insular. Um, and it, I had a lot of inferiority
0: complexes. And his mother very much... Supported Alton and encouraged Alton, so his parents were constantly, constantly fighting over him.
2: Reg's parents divorced in 1962 when he was 15 years old. That same year, he and some local boys formed a band called Bluesology.
5: There was a letter from my father to my mother when I was 16, saying that you know I had to stop all these dreams of being a rock and roll, and I would never be a success doing what I did. So I had a lot to prove.
2: Bluesology enjoyed some regional success, but by 1967, after five years with the band, 20-year-old Reg had grown tired of simply being a keyboard player. I just thought it was a dead end, so I wanted to uh, write songs. That was the next step. An ad in a London music paper caught his eye. Liberty Records was looking for musical talent, including songwriters. I knew I could write, I couldn't write lyrics. Liberty Records teamed up the kid from Pinner who couldn't write lyrics with a 17-year-old from the north of England who couldn't write music. His name was Bernie Toppin.
3: A few days later, we got together, went down the street, had a cup of coffee, talked about the idea of possibly writing some songs. Uh, I gave him some of my lyrics and thus it was born.
5: I was definitely in love with Bernie as a friend. I never really fancied Bernie, thank God physically, but he was the first real big pivotal uh, thing in my life. Well, without Bernie, basically, there wouldn't have been an Elton. I mean, without that stroke of good fortune and, and, and kismet, as it were,
2: Elton John probably wouldn't have happened. Reg Dwight had a new songwriting partner. Within the year, he would have a new name. I would never have been a success.
5: Can you imagine? Reg Dwight. Here's the great new single from Reg Dwight. I mean,
7: forget it.
2: On his last road trip before leaving Bluesology, Reg turned to his bandmates, Long John Baldry and Elton Dean, for inspiration. And I just said, right,
5: Elton, Dean, Elton, and what can I go with Elton John, John Baldry? It was done very
0: quickly. When Elton went from Reginald Dwight to Elton John, I think it was a classic case of reinvention. I think it was an opportunity for him to throw off the pudgy little kid persona that he was so unhappy with. I quite
2: enjoyed being Elton because Elton did everything that Reg never dared to do, <laughs> and more. When daring young Elton John returned from his last tour with Bluesology, he found himself engaged to a woman he'd had an affair with on the road. She said she was pregnant,
5: and I, you know, I thought this is what you did when you, when, you know, made girls pregnant. Uh, but I didn't really, I wasn't in love with her.
2: It was an emotionally and sexually confusing situation for Elton. He wanted out but couldn't imagine dumping a woman who was carrying his child. Elton was depressed and desperate. He made a a very futile attempt at suicide, which was really sort of a
3: a slice of black comedy.
5: I thought, I'll gas myself. And so I put a cushion in the the oven, switched the oven on, but left the windows open. So it was a pathetic cry for help,
3: really. I sort of pulled him out and said, slapped him around, said, don't be silly, don't be silly, you know. Come on, got so much to live for, you know.
2: But it wasn't Elton's suicide attempt that convinced him to call off the wedding. It was his former bandmate, Long John Baldry. And he just sort of slapped Elton around said, you've got to get out of
3: this, you know, uh, pull yourself together.
5: That was the night I, I told her that I didn't want to get married. And uh, I was only about two or three weeks away from getting married. Of course, she wasn't pregnant and all that bit, and it, it was a bit sordid. But um, Long John Baldry did save my life that night, by actually because I didn't have the courage to get out of that situation.
2: By January of 1969, Elton John and Bernie Taupin had spent a year and a half living with Elton's mother and her new husband. The two spent all their time writing songs, with 21-year-old Elton handling the melodies and 19-year-old Bernie taking care of the lyrics. I'm just a purveyor, basically, of Bernie's feelings,
5: Bernie's thoughts. I'm a musical mouthpiece for his lyrics, which I love.
3: Believe me, there were hundreds of songs written in that room, you know. That was a time and place of great,
2: great output the result of their musical labors appeared on elton's 1969 debut album empty sky the following year elton john's self-titled second album arrived in america
4: all of a sudden here comes the elton john album everybody came into my office we all they all sat on the floor played this incredible album and we all flipped out
2: In January of 71, Elton's first US single, Your Song, cracked the top 10 in America. Reggie Dwight's transformation was complete. Elton John was now a star. During that first two or three years
5: of success, which was unbelievable, I I just couldn't believe it was happening to me.
2: Elton embarked on his first world tour in the spring of 71. By the tour's end, he had four albums in the top 40. As the hits kept coming, Elton was changing he grew increasingly confident on stage. But in 1971, the most profound change in Elton's life could not be seen on stage. That year, he fell in love with a man for the first time. The man was Elton's manager, John Reed. It was my first ever relationship physically anyway. I'm the first person I ever lived with. I lived with John for like three or four years. Coming to terms with his feelings for Reed proved surprisingly easy for Elton. But John was never really
5: that comfortable about coming out as such uh, as a relationship. It was Plus
6: the fact he was managing me as well. In many ways, they were a perfect combination because they had similar personalities, both gay, both very flamboyant, both very up for spending money,
2: partying, having a really good time. Elton's private circle knew about the relationship, but they kept it a secret from the public. That's a tough thing to, to go with, you know,
6: to be all the time living one thing and being something completely different.
2: In May of 72, Elton's single, Rocket Man, blasted the album, Honky Chateau, all the way to number one. The first in a string of seven consecutive number one albums that he would score over the next four years. At that point, he was
6: really busting out. We were all working incredibly hard. It's like tour album, tour album. Once you're on a roll, you couldn't stop.
5: You know, it, was, it got to this point
6: where everything was coming in at number
5: one, and the only dangerous thing about that is you assume that everything else should come in at number one.
2: From 1972 to 1975, everything the boy from Pinner Touch turned to gold, and the more successful Elton John got, the more outrageous his public persona
7: became. When he came out of the Hollywood Ballroom, that white you know, feather deal, it was like, oh, I sense something in the wind here.
5: It got too much in the end. I mean, initially, you know what happened. It was just, it was instinct. It was spur of the moment. It was fun.
2: Decked out in full rock regalia, Elton John had become pop music royalty. We were on such a roll, being successful and rubbing shoulders with people that you
5: idolized when you were growing up. And you were playing with them and you were meeting them. You were on such a high.
2: But the rush of superstardom soon gave way to a different kind of high.
5: No, it would have been a sort of goody goody in my life. And, you know, I didn't know my band smoked dope. I didn't know they did Coke. And I said, oh, let me try it. And that was it. And I thought, oh, this is great. I'm taking a drug. Wow. I would have been very shy. But the dark glasses were really a shield I could hide behind them. And I thought, with Coke, this is great. You
2: know, I can talk to people. So I thought, this is the answer to all my problems. Coming up, Elton's second try at suicide. And later, Elton comes out before the world when Behind the Music continues.
8: Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. In the course of
2: five whirlwind years, Elton John had become the biggest rock star in the world. And in the summer of 75, his 12th album made history. I had the first ever album to come in the Billboard charts, at number one, which was Captain Fantastic.
3: As soon as that happened, we went, oh, we're in trouble now. You know, because where do you go from one... And then the next album we had out was Rock of the Westies, and
2: uh, that went in first week at number one too, and we thought, now we're really in trouble. With Rock of the Westies, Elton scored his seventh number one album in a row, but success had its downside. Money and fame equals power,
6: and power can equal corruption. It allows you to indulge yourself to whatever level you care to indulge yourself.
2: Elton's drug use was increasing. His four-year romance with his manager, John Reed, ended. And for Elton, five years of sellout concerts and gold records felt like a hollow victory.
5: I was at the height of my can't-do-any-wrong thing, and yet my personal life wasn't very happy. I'd done an awful lot of work, I mean an incredible amount of work in five
2: years, and maybe I was getting burnt out. In the fall of 75, Elton was booked for a triumphant return to the scene of his stunning debut in America. Shortly after his fifth anniversary concert at the Troubadour, Elton's personal crisis reached a breaking point. I'd, uh, I tried to um, end my life, as it were, with 80 valiums. It was Elton's second suicide
5: attempt in eight years. It's a cry for help, isn't it? It's all a cry for help. It's, again, you uh, it's like, look at me, I'm really unhappy. Can you do something about it? Because if you don't, I'm going to be dead. And I had no intention of killing myself whatsoever.
2: Not long after recovering from his Valium overdose, Elton played to an overflow crowd at L.A.'s Dodger Stadium on October 25, 1975. Dressed in sequins and Dodger blue, the 28-year-old superstar hit a grand slam before 55,000 cheering fans.
7: Go on a stage at Dodger Stadium, it's just like, Ridiculous. Like, what are we doing
2: here? LA city officials proclaimed it Elton John week, and Elton got his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. He should have been on top of the world, but Elton John had never been more miserable in his life. I can't really remember much about Dodger Stadium, um, although I know it was very
5: exciting, but I was just very emotionally unhappy. You know, the, the five years of fun, as I call them, and
2: kind of were beginning to wear a little thin because I just worked so hard. But despite Elton's depression, the hits kept coming. His duet with Kiki D hit number one in the summer of 76.
5: I always adored him, and I think he cares a lot about me. So that made that's what made it work, really. And I think I sort of had an odd sort of crush on
2: him in a way. As Don't Go Breaking My Heart spread around the world, so did rumors about Elton's sexuality. A few journalists had hinted that Elton might not be straight, but none had ever asked him directly if he was gay. Then Rolling Stone magazine's Cliff Jar popped the question. Well, as Cliff said,
5: um, and I remember it vividly, he said, I'm going to turn the tape recorder off if you want, but I'm going to ask you a question. I said, I know what you're going to ask me. It's like, am I gay? And I just thought it was okay to
2: say, yeah. I said, I don't care. I really don't care. But the world did care.
7: I remember thinking, this could hurt. Many of Elton's fans
2: were shocked by his revelation.
5: So I think whatever the consequences, I think, you know, it's great that he was able to kind of start the ball rolling, if you like, to get his life back.
2: But proclaiming his bisexuality to the world didn't help Elton's record sales. In the fall of 76, Blue Moves peaked at number three, breaking Elton's string of number one albums. And that was the start of my end of my Big Cheese five-year period. For Elton, the 70s ended on a down note. But with the new decade came a whole new string of hit singles. With his career on the rebound, Elton made a radical change in his personal life. I'm going on my honeymoon, yes. On Valentine's Day 1984, the man who had declared his bisexuality less than eight years earlier married a woman, sound engineer Renata Blau. It was just a chemistry between the two of us, and I had no doubts. And
5: I thought that my time of life is about time I took the plunge.
6: I think the two of them just got swept along on some kind of cloud that no one was really stopping and thinking but it just wasn't right I mean I actually said that to him once you know you're kidding yourself
5: it was a mistake in the fact that I was in no condition to get married because I was a drug addict
2: Elton's addiction was growing worse by the summer of 85 his cocaine habit had begun to take control of his life there was a chance he could polish himself off he was
6: just he'd go out and do some coke and come back and he'd be all over his mouth and his nose would be running and i'd just go oh god this is just awful
5: i could never never go to bed with anybody you know knowing that there was anything left i had to do the whole lot i would stay out for days i mean you know half an ounce was never enough for me it's all right having a drink but when you perform on coke it's the end i mean but i i say that but you know if i hadn't performed I hadn't to it, I would have just stayed home and done more blow, and I wouldn't be here talking to you now.
2: 40-year-old Elton John was on tour in Australia in the winter of 1987. His cocaine addiction was a growing problem, but it wouldn't be Elton's only problem that year. On February 25, 1987, a British tabloid unleashed a series of scandalous articles that nearly destroyed Elton's career. The son accused Elton of engaging in wild sex drug orgies with underage male prostitutes. When you're on the front page of Britain's leading tabloid newspaper
5: and you're supposed to have urinated on four boys that you tied up and and the things that got
2: worse and worse, the more that I issued writs to them, the worse the stuff got. The son paid a former male prostitute £2,000 for his story. Elton sued the tabloid for libel the very day the issue hit the newsstand. You just can't stay silent. You know, you can't say nothing. The next day, the tabloid published another lurid tale of sex and cocaine. For a time, I wouldn't go out of the house. I mean, you get these headlines and you think, oh my God. While Elton battled the sun in court, the tabloid kept trying to dig up any dirt they could find. I remember chasing
6: reporters from, from the grounds of the house once in Windsor, I mean, because you get so incensed because it's such an intrusion.
5: I had My hotel suite's bugged. On. It became like a James Bond thing. It's very funny to look back on it and be flippant about it now, but it wasn't funny when it was happening.
2: Elton ultimately triumphed over the tabloid. In October of 88, The Sun settled out of court, paying Elton one million pounds and printing an apology across the front page. Elton may have survived the scandal, but his marriage did not. The next month, Elton and Renata announced an amicable divorce.
5: In the end, I had to admit that I was living life because I preferred men to women.
2: Despite the turmoil of tabloid scandal, drug addiction, and his failed marriage, Elton managed to release a new album in 1988. I in the Red Strikes Back album, which
5: wasn't one of our best albums, but at least it got me doing something.
2: Red Strikes Back spent nearly five months on the charts. After its release, Elton auctioned off his gaudy glitter rock costumes, but he could not shed his multiple addictions so easily. I would
5: binge on coke and alcohol and not eat for two or three days. And then I would get up and have gargantuan pig outs and, and then just throw up. And with bulimia, you didn't care.
7: I remember saying, look, this, this is ridiculous. He's killing himself. You know, he's he's going to die. He's going to die.
0: The idea that someone that extraordinary
2: needed to lock himself up in a room and do bags of cocaine and swig bottles of booze, it was so tragic. Elton could have easily wound up dead, another casualty of rock and roll excess. But a miracle in the form of a young boy dying of AIDS helped save Elton's life. The boy was Ryan White. He knew
5: he was going to die, but he, I never heard him complain. He was an incredible advertisement for courage and dignity at a time when it was desperately needed within the AIDS
2: community. Elton befriended Ryan and his mother, Jeannie, And on April 7th, 1990, at the 4th Farm Aid Benefit, Elton dedicated a song to his very sick young friend. Ryan died within hours. Few days later, Elton sang at Ryan's funeral.
5: I knew at that stage that my life was just a pile of crap. It was like, here was this woman who'd lost her son, who could just stand up there and be fantastic, and just so beautiful, and, and handle it with such dignity. And so, that was a huge influence on me, trying to get myself together.
2: Three months after Ryan's death, years of self-destruction brought 43-year-old Elton John to a sad self-realization. I had white hair when I died, and I was the size of Luther
5: Vandross at his worst. I just looked like a 70-year-old man playing the piano. It was just quite terrifying. That's how bad I let myself get to I just broke down and I said, okay. Okay, I give up. I had bulimia, I was a drug addict, and I was a, an alcoholic.
2: Elton checked himself into a Chicago hospital, the only place he could find that would treat all three illnesses.
5: I was so relieved that I'd actually made the decision to actually ask for help. Those, you know, those three little words, I need help, um, were so hard to say. And you know, once I'd actually said that, I, I knew I'd get well, and I knew I'd follow it through.
2: After spending most of 1991 out of the public eye, a revitalized Elton re-emerged. Sobriety has given me a new life, and it's fantastic.
5: It's the greatest thing I ever did for myself.
9: I find him the opposite of sobered up. He
6: is so alive and dynamic and wild imaginatively.
3: He made mistakes. He got into a rut. He got himself out of it, case closed.
2: Elton's personal recovery gave rise to a professional renaissance. With his album, The One, Elton hit the top 10 for the first time in 16 years. His health restored and his music re-energized, Elton now focused on helping others. In September of 92, one year after AIDS claimed the life of his longtime friend, Freddie Mercury, Elton made a dramatic announcement. Every single that I release in America from this point, will, all uh, my proceeds will go to AIDS research and AIDS charities. To date, The Elton John AIDS Foundation has raised more than $20 million. I think he's probably
5: the most generous benefactor to AIDS in in my knowledge. It's just about a lot of dedication, a lot of time, and Elton just puts in the hours. And that's just out of the love that he has for the friends that he's lost and the love that he has in his heart for the people who are ill.
2: As Elton moved forward into the mid-90s, he marked a series of career milestones. In 1994, he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. In 1995, he won an Academy Award.
5: Getting an Oscar was thrilling, because I never ever in my life felt
2: like get an Oscar. When he does something, he does it to do the best. And he got involved with Lion King. But Elton's most satisfying achievement in the mid-'90s was not an award or a hit record. After failed relationships with both women and men, Elton finally found love. Elton met advertising executive-turned-filmmaker David Furnish in November of
5: 93. He had a career. He was very successful at what he did. I would never really been in a relationship with someone who had that already going for them.
0: The expectation, particularly with a, a gay man who's with a very successful gay man, is that you are on the take and not there in an equal partnership. So the fact that you have your own identity means you can go out in the world and talk about what you do which is so important
2: elton and david's relationship you know is as great and as strong as any any marriage in the world
0: we're probably the
5: most high profile gay male couple in the world but i'm you know pretty high profile
2: (laughs) so i can't do anything about that as high profile as he is elton showed the public a more intimate view of his life in a 1996 documentary shot by david called Tantrums and Tiaras.
0: I agreed to do it, but only on the basis that he'd let me be completely honest. The thing I
5: loved about Tantrums and Tiaras which horrified everybody was the behavior in it. I could not stop laughing.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It can be a nightmare. Despite the occasional tantrum, the 90s were a time of great joy for Elton John. But on July 15th, 1997, darkness descended. The murder of his dear friend devastated Elton. I've never seen him so grief-stricken over anything in his life. Elton's friend, Princess Diana, comforted him during Versace's memorial service. A few weeks later, his tears would be shed for Diana. It was the most bizarre summer, most
5: bizarre time of my life, I think.
6: Elton and Johnny were very, very close friends, and he still
5: misses him deeply. Princess Diana, I think, was just a... Another
2: nail in her. Elton and Bernie Toppin rewrote their classic Candle in the Wind for Diana's funeral. I was singing on behalf of all those people that had stood for 13 or 14 hours just to pay their tribute to somebody that they obviously thought a lot of. Elton and Bernie donated the proceeds from the new version of Candle in the Wind to Diana's favorite charities. It raised $32 million and became the biggest selling record of all time. I think it generated a lot of good,
3: and it helped a lot of people, and it will help a lot of people.
2: Coming up, Elton takes the road to El Dorado, when Behind the Music continues.
8: Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value.
2: For 30 years, he's packed concert halls. He's made headlines. He's been made a knight. But mostly, Elton John has made the music of our times.
0: He's created a soundtrack for people's lives. Everybody can listen to an Elton John song from a certain period and remember a certain stage in their life. And he's still doing it.
6: You hear Elton every day of every year, no matter who you are or where you are. Wherever you go, Elton John is present in all our lives. And for me, that makes the world a better place.
2: Thirty years after his journey to superstardom began in Los Angeles at the Troubadour, Elton appeared at L.A.'s 16,000-seat Staples Center to receive one of the most prestigious honors of his career, the Year 2000 Grammy Legend Award.
5: It's very nice to get this award because of my career started in America, but I still feel that these shows sometimes are, f- are full of bull****.
7: Tongue firmly
2: planted in cheek, the self-described diva held court at the backstage press conference.
5: I've slept with all the boy bands, I know them all. <laughs> TLC, the Dixie Chicks, I don't know nothing about them.
2: <laughs> but what Elton does know something about is writing songs for animated films. His latest, Someday Out of the Blue, is from the DreamWorks animated feature, The Road to El Dorado. The video features Elton in a way he's never been seen before.
5: I saw the little animated me, I thought it was great. I've never been animated in in a video before.
2: The animated version of Elton may be cute, but El Dorado executive producer Jeffrey Katzenberg believes Elton's songs for the film are far from cartoonish. It's among the most exciting and really just soulful and powerful and emotional music that Elton has done in the last 10 years, and that's saying something. Elton is also trying his hand at Broadway, writing the music for Disney's production of Aida. I was scared to do Aida because I hadn't done anything like that before, but the scary things are the most enjoyable thing, and you need scaring. You can't be complacent. Throughout his three decades in the limelight, Elton John has never been complacent. His evolution has been a constant struggle. As shy Reggie Dwight, he fought his insecurities. As flamboyant Elton John, he made music history and battled back from the brink of self-destruction. In 1999, he was fitted with a pacemaker, but Elton John keeps rocking.
3: 30 years is a hell of a long time. There's lots of ups and downs and peaks and valleys. It's been a great ride.
5: I've had such an incredible life in the last 30 years. I mean, we've done everything, seen everything, met everybody, been well-behaved, been very badly behaved. It would be an amazing movie. And in
7: 2019, that movie was released. The critically acclaimed Rocketman, featuring Welsh actor Taron Egerton as John, who received a Golden Globe for his performance. The film also featured a new track elton composed for the production i'm gonna love me again which received the academy award for best original song in 2018 elton announced that he would be performing a three-year-long farewell tour which is now set to end in 2023 after delays due to the pandemic in 2021 he released the lockdown sessions an album featuring collaborations with miley cyrus Lil Nas X, Dua Lipa, Stevie Wonder, and other stars, proving Elton John is still expanding his musical oeuvre. A true pioneer in the music industry, Elton John has crafted a legacy that will be appreciated for generations to come.
0: Listen and subscribe to Behind the Music on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Be sure to rate and review Behind the Music on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Want more episodes? You can watch Remastered, Best of the Vault, and new episodes of Behind the Music only on Paramount Plus.
1: If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.
9: You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause.